0: Hey everybody, Chuck here and welcome to another Saturday Select Stuff You Should Know episode where Josh and I take turns uh, picking from the classics of some of our favorite episodes because some of you may not know that there are far more than 300 episodes that you see at Apple Podcasts. We have over a thousand. So we dig into the archives and my pick this week is from July 8th, 2014, is brain size related to intelligence? I just remember loving this one. Super fascinated about the brain, as is Josh. It's one of our one of our favorite organs, to be honest, and uh, how it relates to intelligence is pretty interesting. So we get into all that in this episode. Please to enjoy right now. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, and there's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. And this is Stuff You Should Know.
0: Yes, I think this m- might complete our brain suite. Uh, I don't know about that. Because we've done Einstein's brain. We've yeah. done difference between men and women's brains. Right. And now we're tackling brain size, which is sort of, it's on both of those a little bit. It does. But there's always new findings, so. I'm yeah, sure. that's what I'm saying. Yeah.
1: It, it, if there's ever an ongoing suite. It's got to be the brain, man. All right. It's growing all the time. It's changing shape, changing size, changing connections. Mm -hmm. You could almost say that sweet is plastic.
0: (laughs) Plasticity, baby.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, You sent me something that I think we should talk about first, Chuck. Okay. This is kind of like, um, this is just like a grab bag hodgepodge of loosely related studies that all find that we don't really know the answer to the question Like, does a big brain mean a smarter person? Yeah. Because there's a lot of different conflicting findings.
0: Well, a few million years ago, our brain started growing a lot, and that kind of timed out with becoming smarter and using tools and things. Right. So, I mean, there's a little bit of, you call it evidence? Well, yeah, there's
1: definitely some, plenty of evidence. I think that's the confounding part is that there's plenty of evidence that, yes, as a brain grows... It, it is correlated to intelligence, yeah. But then that's only holding true up to a point, right? I sounded like a Soviet immigrant just then, <laughs> did you? <laughs> that's only holding true up to a certain oh. point. All right, Yakov. Um, right. He's in Branson, Missouri, though. Did you know that? Oh yeah. I think he's got like his own restaurant
0: or something. Well, his own theater, and I think all the theaters are food. So right. Yeah. Buttery. We food. should go to Branson, man. That I want to see what that place is all about. Okay. You know, yeah. I mean, it's a parade of stars. If it's 1973, right? <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. I bet your boy Ronnie Millsap is there. Yeah. yeah,
1: if he doesn't have a place there, I'll bet he plays Branson fairly regularly. He, he sublets. He would play well there. Yeah, I bet. Um, so Branson. Yeah. How did we even get on?
0: Oh yeah, I the we're Russian thing. Sorry. Brain size.
1: So <laughs> brain size does correlate to intelligence to a certain extent. But you can point out, like, well, a sperm whale has a 17-pound brain. Sure. Holy cow, it must be the smartest animal on the planet. Well, it's not. Right. I'm sorry to tell you, sperm whale fans, that it's not the smartest animal on the planet. Humans are the smartest animal on the planet, and don't you forget it. That's right. But we don't have the largest brains. So you kind of take that idea of, okay, well, if it's not brain size, maybe it has to do with the size of your brain in relation to your body. Then we start to get a little closer to jackpot. But even still, I just want to sp- want to spoil it for everybody. There's no definitive answer. Yeah. But sometimes those are the best ones because we get to explore all this stuff and we r- can't really get anything wrong because nobody <laughs> knows
0: what's right. Ooh, I like this then. Yeah. I've turned. You know these. Yeah. Now, now I feel good about this because good. I can't be wrong.
1: Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, well, I guess we should start off with um, a little bit about what determines what size brain you do have. And, again, they don't know everything about it, but they think that genetics plays a part. Uh, They know this in part by studying twins. Mm -hmm. And uh, identical twins um, have, of course, the same genes. Fraternal twins have about half the same genes. right? And there's a greater correlation in brain size if you're identical. Than fraternal. Yeah, so genetics, you know, looks like it probably plays a role.
1: Yeah, and they've done a lot of exploration uh, into what genes in particular have to do with brain size, and they've isolated a few. Um, One is called uh, beta-catenin. Yeah. There's a hyphen in there, too.
0: Yeah. It's a pretty flashy gene. Not beta-carotene.
1: No, catenin. Yeah. And who's who's coming up with the naming convention for genes? They are all over the place. Yeah. Like you can't look at the name of a gene and be like, that's obviously a gene. Yeah, yeah. Unless there's like a couple of weird consonants and a number and then another consonant. Then you're like, well, that's a gene. But you're right. There's beta- no consistency. Katanin, yeah. That's a gene. It is a gene, and it's a gene that they know controls brain growth because they've injected poor mice with this stuff. Until their heads exploded. Exactly. <laughs> their uh, heads, they fell short of exploding, but yeah. a lot of the mice died as a result of their heads growing too big. Yeah. But their 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 brains grew big, and as a result of their brains growing big, they exhibited um, more intelligence, higher cognitive function. Right. They injected these things with a gene. Yeah protein. That grows your brain. That, yeah, that made them smarter.
0: Yeah. But that, like Molly points out in this article, you can't, that doesn't mean we should start doing that because these mice are dying. Right. So you can't just, you can't play God as they say.
1: No, but it does make you wonder like, okay, you don't want to shoot up beta catenin, Right. Like before the SATs or anything like that. Right. But like, is there a way to kind of tamper a little less but still tamper with that gene. Something you put under your tongue and let it dissolve, maybe. Sure. Like, you know, (laughs) just epigenetically, just a tad bit. Yeah. Uh, Maybe, you know, amplify it just a tad and see what happens. But it would cause your brain to grow because that gene is partially responsible for the size that your brain
0: gets to. That's right.
1: As far as large brains go. Yes. Like, it makes it larger.
0: Yes. If you want to talk smaller brains, uh, there's another gene... And boy, you're right. The names are all over the place. Yeah. Just convention-wise, it's not like they have different names. Some are numbers and dashes. And right. Somebody, they get it together, people. ASPM, <laughs> uh, it's an abbreviation for abnormal spindle-like, uh, microcephaly-associated. That's
1: the name of the gene. Yeah. That's, it's just shameful.
0: And they say microcephaly-associated because that is a condition uh, that you've probably seen before. When you're born with a small head and small brain, mm-hmm. which probably means you're going to have some cognitive impairment. Right. Uh, so
1: so right there, smaller yeah. brain is, is correlated to lesser or lower faculty or cognitive function.
0: Yeah, we should look into that more for another podcast. So I think it's uh, from the images I saw, it looks like you remember like the movie Freaks. Yes, that that guy is so cute. I think that's so cute. the deal. I think you have, like, normal size nose and ears and eyes, but your actual head and skull and brain are smaller. Right. You don't look like the the um, the African safari
1: guy from Beetlejuice. It's no. not proportionately shrunk. Right. It's, yeah.
0: How you get him down so small? Right. <laughs> that's one of my favorites.
1: What was that guy's name from Freaks? I've read about him before.
0: Oh, uh, his like, real name? Yeah, no, he
1: had a... His stage name, it, it was like Topsy or Flopsy or something like that. Yeah. And he apparently something super respectful. had like the greatest <laughs> personality of all time. Oh, yeah? Just so lovable and was just exploited basically his whole life. Yeah. Until that movie like kind of got vengeance for him because he was a real life sideshow performer. Well, that's good. Yeah. Topsy? It wasn't Topsy. That was the elephant that Edison electrocuted. Yeah,
0: I think you're but right. But it
1: was something along those lines.
0: Just a fun, fun name.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, check. There's another gene. This is a little more genetically sounding. EMX2.
0: Yeah. That's the sequel. a sequel. Sure. It sounds like a dirt bike. Right. Or a gene. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. It's um again, we're not we're not saying like well these are the genes that provide you with your intellect. These are just genes that they are saying these things have to do with the size of your brain. Right. And they, we also have figured out that if you mess with these genes, you may also be messing with cognitive function. Right. So we're, we're laying the groundwork here, everybody. Just bear with us. Yeah. The EMX2 gene um, apparently has to do with the growth of your... Um, the functional subdivisions of the cortex. Okay. You have different cortices. Sure. They're responsible for different things. So, like, if in that New York Times article you sent me, the guy uses the visual cortex as an example. Right. Um, where, like, you get all of your visual sensory input and your brain puts it all together. Yeah. That cortex, that region of your brain, is responsible for a fairly specific but also very um, complicated task. Yeah. Now, this one functional cortex that the... EMX2 gene is responsible for um, has to do with basically input, sensory input and motor output. Okay. So your behavior like um, if I came across this desk at you and like pinched your cheeks, you'd like jump back. I'd say, what is it, Wednesday? Right. Right. Yeah. (laughs) You would make the connection that it was Wednesday. Your behavior would occur. Yeah. So um, this EMX2 gene has to do with that cortex and its size. But What they found is that bigger is not necessarily better. Right. If you have uh, a lower expression of it and you have a smaller subdivision of that cortex, yeah, you're not going to do very well behaviorally, Okay. functionally. Yeah. Like you won't be able to hit a baseball very well. Right? Gotcha. But if it's too big, if that gene overexpresses, you don't get better at hitting a baseball. With this in particular, it seems to be fine-tuned. I got gotcha. you. So if you're not hitting that sweet spot, yeah. you're never going to hit a baseball. Right. And there may be myriad other problems, but you're definitely not going to hit that baseball.
0: So that means you're born with baseball talent?
1: C- pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, because it's genetic. And gotcha. there's like there's some people who are so close to perfect that like baseball just comes naturally to them.
0: Right, right, right. Like, like Robert Redford. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: he really gave those lights a wall. Yeah, he's the natural. So, uh... That's the genetic basis of it, Chuck.
0: Yeah, and uh, I guess we should talk some about size if it's important uh, because this is sort of the debate that keeps going on and on, is brain size corollary to intelligence levels. Right. Uh, they did find or they have found links between uh, if you have a lot of brain growth, um, if it's disproportionate early on, um, they've linked that and early on, meaning the first 12 months, To uh, they've linked that to autism. So super rapid growth may, what it may do is just prevent those neural connections from uh, happening like they should. Right. Um, and actually, well, that kind of links into that tethering thing I sent you to. It does. Which we will talk about later. Um, in biology, though,
1: is there's kind of this consensus that it's, it's not the only determinant. Yeah. That it has a lot to do with um, environment as well. I think kind of as a whole, people who investigate yeah. correlations between brain size and intelligence have totally abandoned the idea that, um, like, your brain is th- predetermined right. to grow a certain way and then that's that.
0: Yeah. Well, size-wise, they've also found that AD- if you have uh, ADHD, if you're an adolescent, your brain might be 3 to 4% smaller than your classmate who does not have ADHD. Yeah. Um, And your brain shrinks as you get older, but doesn't necessarily uh, lose functionality because of the shrinkage. That's not to say when you get older you don't, you know, lose functionality, but it's not due to the size. No, they think that
1: um, it's probably mostly due to plaque buildup.
0: Oh, really? Mm -hmm.
1: Okay. That your your, um, synapses are just kind of built up with gunk, remnant proteins from years and decades of firings.
0: And you shake that off by continuing to use it?
1: Yes, that's one thing, but also they've recently found that um, while you sleep, they think now the function of sleep, they didn't notice it before until, I don't know what kind of new imaging technology they used, but they found out that there's this whole channel of, like, basically a sewage system Uh that just clears out all the gunk from your brain while you're sleeping at night. It just that's why you are cognitively refreshed that makes sense
0: from sleep and we've done we did one on uh, why sleep's so important right yes i think that was in there
1: we've done a bunch there's a whole sleep suite too
0: all right so one of the reasons why uh people are still debating whether or not brain size equals more intelligence or less intelligence is because when there are a lot of different ways to measure the brain um you know like do you take a tape measure and go around it, mm-hmm. or do you go from the middle out, or do you do it proportion to your body size, which is a real measurement called encephalation quotient? Right. And if they're talking about your body size, what if you're super fat? Like, <laughs> there are all these different ways, and no one, I don't think, has ever come to a consensus on the best way to actually do the measurement in the first place.
1: No, and there's another really big outstanding question is, how do you measure intelligence? Like, are IQ tests actually legitimate?
0: Yeah, so when you have two parts of your equation that are both hinky, Mm -hmm. how can you come up with uh, an answer?
1: Well, it depends. Like, if you're comparing species to species, that encephalization quotient actually has been proven to be pretty effective. Okay. So, like, the proportion of your brain to your Body size, yeah, is a pretty decent predictor of your EQ, is what
0: it's called. As a mammal, e-
1: yes, as as a mammal, when you go outside of mammals, it gets less and less effective, right? Um, but with uh, humans, for example, we our our brain is like two point seven pounds on average. Yeah, it's something like around two to three. I've seen as much as five, but I think it's about three percent of our body weight. Yeah, um, but it uses up about 20% of the energy, which is another measure. Yes. Like, how much energy does your brain require? The more energy your brain requires, in addition to things like EQ, yeah. you can get a pretty good idea of, like, how intelligent that being
0: is. Yeah. Well, Einstein's brain, remember, is this, was the same size, but different parts were bigger than others, right?
1: So, supposedly, that's come under fire lately. Oh, really? Yeah. Somebody was like, you, these studies are terrible. Like, yeah. you can't make these huge leaps and bounds and in, um, in conclusions just from a couple of strips of brain tissue. Right. But apparently most studies have.
0: Well, I think that's sort of like a juicy thing that people like to talk about, Einstein's brain. Yeah. You know, I could see people making that leap.
1: Right, and the idea that like, oh, well, Einstein's brain is just like anybody else's. Yeah. Well, that means that anybody could be a genius, you know? It yeah. it really argues in favor of the nurture side of things. Right. But if his brain is structurally different, well, then genius is an inborn natural thing. It's just nature versus nurture played out on poor Einstein's sliced-up brain.
0: Yeah, that lived in a garage for many <laughs> years,
1: like everyone's brain. So, here's the most controversial thing. Like, when you're comparing species to species, like you said, especially among mammals, Chuck, um, it's easier to say, like, yes, this EQ thing works. Yeah. But within a single species, that's when things start to fall apart. For instance, specifically among humans, um, men tend to have about 100 grams more mass to their brain than women. Right. But if a bigger brain means that you are more intelligent, then does that mean that men
0: are more intelligent than women? I think we all know that women are more intelligent than men.
1: Okay, so then brain size really has nothing to do with it, at least intra-species.
0: That's what I'm saying.
1: But um, there have been plenty of studies that I'm sure got a lot of people's hackles up. Um, One guy named uh, Michael McDaniel, who's a psychologist, basically entered the news cycle, bursting onto the scene in 2005.
0: Yeah, which is always a little bit like, yeah, who's this guy? Right. Yeah.
1: But he came up with a study that was ready-made for CNN.
0: Yeah, I mean, he said flat out that bigger brains means you're smarter. Yes. And that IE or EG, which one is it?
1: Uh, IE in this
0: case. Men are smarter than women. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's what he was saying. Yeah. Because he he basically put brain imaging tests and IQ tests together and said, well, there's a direct correlation between the two.
0: And again, with these tests, they did... Uh, they compared um, or they converted SAT scores of 100,000, 17, and 18 year olds mm-hmm. to an IQ score. And I don't see why they even had to do that. And they found that males averaged 3.63 IQ points higher. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know. It just seems really hinky because, first of all, they use 10,000 more females than males. So that's going to skew things. Yeah. And then it's an SAT. Right. What does that even mean?
1: Yeah, which has been proven time and time
0: again to be biased. Yeah, and then they converted that to an IQ score with some, like, I guess, machine.
1: Seems like some things would be lost in
0: translation. Yeah, I think it's a bunch of bunk.
1: So, yeah, I think you're not alone in the idea that it's a bunch of bunk. So a lot of um, scientists have said, okay, all right, this whole brain size correlating to intelligence stinks of phrenology. Yes. When you're talking about looking at it just in the human species, right? Yeah. So what is it, though? I mean, surely there's got to be some biological part or aspect of the brain that correlates to intelligence. If it's not size, then maybe it's the number of neurons that you have.
0: Yeah, neural connections.
1: A lot of people have thought that that was kind of the uh, second to most recent wave in thinking about what... Brain structure correlates to intelligence.
0: Yeah, this, um, was this the New York Times one about the tether hypothesis? This is just December of last year, mm-hmm. so it's pretty recent. And a couple of uh, neuroscientists from Harvard, so you know they're right. <laughs> um, they had a pretty simple explanation um, when, back in the day, when Tuk had a little bitty tiny brain, uh, their argument is that the neurons were tightly tethered in a pretty simple connection pattern. Right. And that when our brain started getting bigger, those tethers were torn apart and it formed, uh, it enabled us. We formed new neurons and new neural pathways and new circuits. Right. That's, that makes a lot of sense to me.
1: Yeah. It's like the brain size might have been about the same, and it was. Yeah. But the neural connections were still following the primal animal connectivity. Yeah. Where it's like they connect in a predictable way. Right. Whereas with this untethered idea, they just blossomed. Out into, you know, the idea of um, like like what neural connections look like today. Rather than right. following like straight predictable lines, they were all over the place. And from these new connections, new associations arose, and that gave rise to intellect. According to this, yeah, it's pretty simple. Smart,
0: yeah. I like. I think sometimes the simplest hypotheses might be on target. That's Occam's razor, my friend. Or maybe they just speak to me because I'm a dummy, <laughs> right? Chuck Occam Brian. Tether. <laughs> I got tether. <laughs> I played tether ball. Um. So that is uh, that is a
1: competing explanation. Another one that I've seen uh, says that it's not, not the neurons, yeah, not the number of neurons, not even the number of neural connections. It's the chemistry and the complexity of the neurotransmitters that are being conducted between these neurons. Oh, uh, yeah. And from this has kind of come this new idea that it's folly, to even say, well, humans are obviously smarter than a bottlenose dolphin, even though they're smart, because the bottlenose dolphin's um, experience, yeah, understanding of life, mm-hmm. is so radically different from humans. Yeah, you can't. You can't compare intellect silly. to intellect.
0: Yeah, you can't say, well, a dolphin can't you know, talk and speak, but I can't do things a dolphin can do. Right or maybe dolphins are speaking I mean to one another yeah, just not to us right that doesn't make them less intelligent so long and thanks for all the fish
1: and we're not yeah that's a good one yeah and we're not like anthropomorphizing here basically there's there is very little um, point I guess yeah, I don't get it to comparing the two there's tremendous point to getting to cracking this code and understanding dolphin intellect yeah. or bird intellect Agreed. or octopus intellect right and human intellect but to compare them is it's an exercise in futility there's no yeah. point to it i don't get it yeah i mean compare dolphin a to dolphin b yeah one may be smarter one might have a little patchy mustache <laughs> and hang out at the gas station a lot <laughs> that's not the smart one
0: yeah, I think people do this to either—I think they're trying to claim some either superiority of animals over humans or humans over animals. Right, and that's a kind of—that's a, a big issue these
1: days. Like, yeah. there there are groups, um, animal rights groups, that are trying to further animal rights by getting them inalienable rights, like humans have.
0: Right. Which would really screw up the zoo system. Yeah. You can look for our podcast on that, too, we did.
1: Yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. I think we landed— Pretty heavily against Zeus.
0: Yeah, we did. But to each their own. But I haven't been to a zoo since then. Uh, what is this project enigma? I thought that was pretty interesting.
1: It was another genetic thing. This um it was it was neat though in that like this Australian researcher said, "Hey, we have something called the internet and MRIs." Right. And willing participants. So everybody starts sending in your brain scans.
0: Is that who proved that the complexity of the neural activity was the most important thing? Was that project enigma? No,
1: that was a different one. That was um there was a new scientist uh, or no, Scientific American article that um, that explored that idea as the, the synaptic proteins that create intellect or intelligence. Uh-huh. But the Project Enigma basically found that there is a single mutation on a specific gene where if you have a C instead of T, I think, yeah, you um, have a bigger brain and they correlated that to... More intelligence. Yeah, but again using the IQ test.
0: Well, what I'm tired of are the studies that throw out the results that don't make a fun headline, you know? Right. There was this one um, from Smithsonian Magazine from December of last year that, uh, well, it wasn't from them. It was from the Proceedings of the Royal Society B, and Smithsonian reported on it. But it was a study of country mice and city mice. No way. Well, a bunch of animals. But they found that city mice and uh vole I don't even know what that is, V O L E. Prairie Voles. What is that like a they're little rodents. Okay.
1: They're very sweet. They um <laughs> they are uh monogamous.
0: Oh like a bull weevil?
1: No. That's a bug. A vole is like a like a prairie dog. I know. you should look up prairie voles. They're very yeah. cute and the idea that they're very sweet is even better.
0: You you wouldn't like shoot one for being on your property. No.
1: I mean some people
0: would, but not good people. I know someone who does that kind of thing. Shoots at voles? Not voles, but woodchucks, with with the air rifles. That's not nice. Yeah, he knows who he is.
1: Boo! <laughs> uh,
0: but the study basically said that uh, city mice and city voles had larger brains than country mice, and of course that makes a big headline because people are going to try and make the point that you know people that live in urban environments are smarter, and the hillbillies out in the country are dumber. Mm. They studied 10 animals, only two of them showed that, and some of them showed the opposite, that the, uh, I think, bats and shrews, actually, Mm -hmm. the country versions, had larger brains. So they don't say any of that in the study, because they just want a headline that says, you know, if you live in a city, you're smarter.
1: Yeah, and we, we, I mean, we've been addressing this lately, like, there is, like, a um, symbiotic collusion between bad science and bad science reporting, you know, yeah. that results in stuff like that, where it's just like, you know, city city people are smarter than country people. Right. Says this one study that where the
0: data was massaged. Right. Well, can you, city person, can you go make butter with your hands? I have to say... Can you farm land? No, of course not.
1: Um, but there, it is possible that there's a basis to this, whereas city people are... Their brains are more stimulated than country folk, perhaps. And so more neural connections, more plasticity takes place. I don't I don't think that's true. I think there's yes. just as
0: much stimulation in nature as there is in a city full of people. It depends on what you're stimulated by. Look at Darwin. He spent his entire life living in the country.
1: Yeah, for sure. But I mean, like, we're also, we also have hundreds of thousands of years of latent inhibition built up against a lot of the stuff in nature, whereas the stuff in Times Square yeah. is relatively new, so our brain isn't doesn't defend against it quite as easily, so hence we're possibly more stimulated. I think it depends on what you're doing with your time.
0: Sure. If you're out in the country sitting around watching reality TV, <laughs> if you're in the then city... Then you're
1: overstimulated. In your
0: apartment watching reality TV. Uh, I found this other study today, too, um, from Germany about pornography may reduce your brain size. Another kind of sexy headline. Right. And um
1: Sample size of three. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's always self-reported, too. And when you're dealing with porn and self-reporting... Right. Like, you just Do you step look window. at
1: porn? Check the box. <laughs> Do you think your brain is small? Check the box. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> How smart are you? Somebody called Newsweek.
0: Uh, they cannot say that watching porn caused a, d- a decrease in brain matter, but they did say they found that the volume of striatum, a brain region that's been associated with reward processing and motivated behavior, was smaller the more pornography you consumed. And basically where they're at is we don't know whether it's causing this Mm -hmm. or if people that...
1: Oh, yeah. They get struck <laughs> dumb and they're like, Ooh.
0: yeah, they're just into watching porn more. <laughs> gotcha. So,
1: like in Idiocracy, again. That movie, man. There's probably been <laughs> no other movie that's made more of a legitimate appearance in our episodes than that movie. <laughs> in Idiocracy? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Mike Judge, he's on to something. He is. Do you watch uh, Silicon Valley? I haven't.
1: It's good. I, I know uh, Kamal Nanjiani's in it, though. Yeah,
0: he's funny. Does he do well? Yeah, Martin Starr. It's uh, yeah, it's a good show. Nice. It's. I think it was high time that someone took on the tech industry in like a comedy like that. Yeah. Leave it to Mike Judge. I know. Yeah. If there's any crusader, satiric crusader, people feeling good about themselves. Right. Yeah. (laughs) It's Mike Judge.
1: Uh, If you want to know more about brain size in relation to whatever, just type in "brain" in the search bar at howstuffworks.com,
0: and it's get lost. That's what I say. Yeah. Type in brain and just go on a trip, man. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's right. Journey. I think that's
1: the slogan for how stuff works now. (laughs) That's right. Um, And since I said search bar, it's time for what? Listener mail?
0: Yes. Okay. I'm going to call this uh, help for a fan in need. Oh, that's nice. Hey guys, I want some help, please. My wife and I are expecting our first kid this summer. And 13 days ago, we also found out that my wife has stage four breast cancer. So we are spending our third trimester getting chemo. My goodness. I know. Uh, We're going to kick cancer in the butt. We have no doubt, but we're scared and overwhelmed, obviously. Uh, We're doing chemo now. Then we'll have the baby get more chemo, then bilateral mastectomy, then radiation. Uh, We have great doctors and great friends and family, so even in the face of this, we feel very lucky. Uh, And by the way, I got a follow-up more recently that says... uh, There is no gestational diabetes, and the cancer is already shrinking. Oh, that's great. So things are going great so far. Thanks for not keeping us in suspense. I know. I was going to wait till the end. Uh, And he asked for a couple of favors. He said, uh, first of all, if you want to follow and promote my Tumblr, uh, to keep people updated, it is um, http colon slash slash (laughs) uh, tumblr dot com." Okay. He says uh, we're huge nerds and Doctor Who fans, so that was lost on me. Some
1: Doctor Who reference, I guess.
0: Apparently so. Does uh, it have to do with the phone booth, maybe? That's the only thing you know about Doctor Who. <laughs> Same here. Yeah. Um, secondly, I'm biking 150 miles uh, to raise money, and uh, could you plug that? And you can go to goo.gl slash 2WJZXQ.
1: These people don't like normal words.
0: Well, that's one of those shortened URLs. Oh, I see. It's a goo. Gotcha. Uh, And then third, how about a shout out? I think that's what we're doing here. Uh, My wife is a little shy, so just use her nickname, The Mayor.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, She wears a sash during chemo and childbirth.
0: I guess so. I mean, I call Emily the boss, so I guess it's the same. The Mayor. uh, Yeah. But Uh, the Mayor is like the boss of several bosses, I would guess. Yeah, we used to call my friend Justin, who, you know, the Mayor of Atlanta because mm-hmm. everywhere you he went, he, oh, somebody yeah. knew him.
1: He's a sociable fella.
0: But now we just call him the manager of Atlanta because everywhere you go, he has some improvement to that place. Oh, okay. Like the lighting's not quite right or the door should be over there. <laughs> That's hilarious. The kitchen is not located properly. <laughs> Those Brits. Yeah. Uh, and then fourth, my wife works in public policy, specifically helping women and families uh, get themselves out of poverty and advocating for low-income workers. So, there you have it. An awesome and incredible woman who dedicates her considerable talents to helping others is pregnant and has breast cancer. Kind of hard to say no, right? I'm not above guilt tripping. So Bob from Swarthmore, Pennsylvania. Um, there you go. People should go and check out that stuff and support your bike ride. And mm-hmm. I hope things have continued to progress well for your wife and child. And Yeah. Uh, keep us updated. Yeah. And you
1: keep me updated at the very least, if not everybody listening. I will. Okay. Uh, thanks a lot, Bob and the mayor. Good luck to you both. And... Um, Let's see. If you want to get in touch with us, whether you're a mayor, a provincial governor, who knows? Yeah. You can get in touch with us on uh, Twitter at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash Stuff You Should Know. You can send us an email to stuffpodcast at HowStuffWorks.com. And join us at our home on the web, StuffYouShouldKnow.com. <laughs>